everybody. This is Bevan. Welcome to Bevan, a femme over 40 and her friends podcast. I'm your host, Bevan. I've said my name three times. It's time to start the show. Today is a solo episode and it's kind of deep and I'm, I'm, I'm intending to go there. So just, this is your fair warning. If you don't want to talk about suicide, this is not the episode for you. Switch to something else. I have lots and lots of episodes. This is episode 70. There's 69 other episodes full of things. I do talk a little bit about suicide here and there, but, um, but before we even dive in, I just want to tell you the best way to support this podcast. If this is in any way meaningful or adds value to your life is through my Patreon page, Patreon, which is P A T R E O N is a membership support site that allows folks like you to support creators like me who make work that makes your life more valuable or people you want to see win or whatever. Right. Um, I offer the value over there, including, um, Updates I don't share anywhere else, some spiritual teachings I'm, I'm curating over there, some self-care, uh, but mostly it's a place to have a membership for Fat Kid Dance Party Aerobics, which is my aerobics class for anyone who feels left behind by mainstream fitness. If you've ever felt uh, too awkward or been called too fat or too much, this is the supportive class for you. Um, I'm so excited that my Zoom aerobics class which is uh, free at any level of Patreon support, or you can just buy a ticket for 12 bucks. Uh, I'm now having an ASL interpreter. Uh, I'm so excited about this. It's something, it's a goal of mine I had for a long time, and an opportunity kind of floated my way to get a great interpreter uh, and be able to afford it. So I jumped at it, even though it kind of feels like one of those leaps where I'm like, I'm not totally sure how to afford all of this, but we're gonna make it work because this is gonna be great. So I'm hopeful that people who need or want ASL interpretation for aerobics, I feel like it's gonna be a whole nother level of, uh, of access and joy and expression and fun as part of the Zoom class. So join us on Saturdays, uh, join the Patreon if that is something that sparks for you. And I just wanna thank everybody from the bottom of my heart who has joined the Patreon so far uh, and enabled me honestly to keep this podcast going. That's, this is, that is literally the best way uh, to support, directly support this podcast being a thing and to directly support the sustaining of Fat Kid Dance Party, especially since I haven't been able to tour this year. Um, it has really just saved my bacon in so many ways. I'm so grateful for the people who trust me with their self-care and uh, who are part of my Patreon. So it's patreon.com slash FKDP, which stands for Fat Kid Dance Party. And the link is in the show notes in the little blurb that comes along with this podcast wherever you listen to this podcast. Okay, so... Today's episode, I just want to talk about um, the concept of suicide and my own experience with it and kind of like what is, what are the things that I turn to when I need them uh, when I'm in that darkest place. I have been suicidal many times in my life um, and I've had a recent aha about when I was suicidal that is kind of what prompted this episode. Um, I think I shared about this maybe about a month ago um, in one of my solo episodes about my friend Nairi who chose to end their life via suicide um, on Halloween of 2020. And I'm just like still kind of spinning, <laughs> spinning, not spinning out, but just like understanding and like unraveling like how that like is illuminating my journey and how I can learn from that so I can teach from it and help other people figure out how to stay alive better. And I'll say this, like, um, I, I've had moments myself of a lot of times frequently being, uh, suicidal. And the thing I realized kind of in this hindsight is that every time I've been suicidal in my life, 
Um, I can remember like specific instances like in law school, um, it was probably about 2002, uh, 2001, 2002. I remember it was our second year and we were already dealing with, so you, law school is three years long. And in your second year, you're supposed to be, I mean, supposed to, right? Like this is a track that you can take, um, but basically they make it sound like you're supposed to have your job lined up for after you graduate. So uh, like basically a year and a half before you even get to graduation, let alone taking and passing the bar, you're supposed to somehow have this job lined up from the summer between, like basically first you get the summer job for between second and third year, and then that kind of lines up the rest of your career, essentially. It's a lot of pressure. Um, obviously law school is a high pressure environment, and um, I was really feeling it. And honestly, I just felt really, really, really bad about myself. I remember being on the train going from school back home in Philadelphia. I was in, I was at law school in Camden, New Jersey, and I just remember looking, I'm, I'm on a bridge, on in public transit looking at this amazing view and I just remember the look of the river and just seeing my reflection in the window and feeling like I wanted to die because I didn't I wasn't fitting into the shoebox I was told I should be fitting into right getting that that mythical magical summer internship job that would solve all the things right I just felt like I was so unworthy um, and unworthy of love and unworthy of life because I wasn't <laughs> achieving the things that other people were telling me that I needed to achieve for my life. That is a great example of being out of alignment. Getting a job then was not what the universe wanted me to do. I don't even think the universe wanted me to go to law school. I don't think that was my destiny. I think that was me doing what I thought I should do because I was looking for external validation and belonging, uh, which I now know is something I find from within. You don't have to go to school. You do not need to get $120,000 of debt in order to do that. Uh, but in my circuitous journey, that's how I had to find it out, getting all that debt, realizing that didn't solve it. Um, so hopefully, if anything, uh, my work can help you save all that money from debt to um, try to prove your worthiness. And I'll just tell you the hack. The hack is you're already worthy. Um, another time uh, when I was uh, suicidal, I remember, um, I mean, of course, like, my teenage years, a lot of that, um, and that was a lot of the same thing, trying to fit my my weirdo self into boxes that other people had created for me. Um, I uh, Last summer, uh, last spring, summer, fall, uh, while I was, not last spring, summer, fall, spring, summer, fall of 2019, uh, when I was still living in LA, my life was kind of falling apart. Like the things that I had in my life were just unraveling, just really, really difficult situations, really, really um, hurting based on like public perception of me and like, uh, and a lot of people kind of coming for me. Uh, it was really, really hard. And I like was broke and confused and driving Lyft like 60 plus hours a week trying to make my rent, which wasn't even enough to make my rent um, in LA, which was so high, $3,000 a month. Every month I made my rent like was some major accomplishment. And then eventually, like, I, you can listen to the podcast from October of 2019, where I talk about this big announcement, which was that I was leaving LA and moving up here, where I live very happily in the woods <laughs> on the Olympic Peninsula. I'm so glad I made that choice. Uh, this is very aligned. Um, I, but in that time when I was, when LA was no longer aligned for me, I was really like ripping apart myself. And I just, I was fighting suicide a lot. Um, I remember, I think my hardest month was May of 2019. Um, and that was a month where like, 
I, it was, it was the hardest. It was the darkest. It was really hard to like be in my brain. Cause when I'm thinking, when I'm in a suicidal place, I'm feeling very bad about myself and I'm very self-focused and I'm really like not seeing an, a, a, a solution to what I'm going through. Um, I'm just seeing problems, right? I'm just seeing the pain. And what was really fortuitous is, and I don't think this is an accident. Um, I think this was also God ordained, um, was like in that month of May of 2019, two of my very best friends came to visit me like back to back. Um, one took, one went to the glowing goddess getaway with me, Rachel. And then the other took me to RuPaul's drag race finale for that season. Oh my God. This, this season finale, um, like filming was so, so fun. And it was just such a light. And it's like, what's interesting is like these moments where I would have this like person who loved me, who was there and present for me would be so good. And it would totally distract me out of my, my toxic brain stuff where I was like really not feeling great about myself and not feeling great about life and living. Um, and really truly it was like a lack of vision for my life and a lack of, um, possibilities mindset. Um, I, I think almost every time I've been incredibly suicidal, it's been thought life stuff. And I, and I've known it, I've gotten more and more conscious of how I use my thoughts. I talk about thought life a lot. Um, and I, it was really like toxic in my brain. Um, and there were some things that I used that summer to kind of get through that really helped me find the will to stay alive. Um, I'm not the kind of person when I'm in that place where I am going to call a hotline. You know what I mean? I'm just, I'm not a hotline person. I'm not someone who reaches out when I get to that deep, dark bottom. Um, I'm kind of someone who's like a little bit of a cowboy. I'm an only child. <laughs> um, and like reaching for help. I mean, I have a mentor in my life who I, who I love a lot and really respect and love, but I could, I could reach out to her way more than I do. I'll say that. And I'm still kind of learning how to be mentored and how to run my decisions through someone and who, who's just smarter than me about stuff who has different results in her life. And so I just like, I think about that a lot. Like what, what is it in me that like keeps me from reaching out? I don't know, but, um, I can grow through that. I know I can change the things. Uh, I, I know I can change things about myself. I have changed a lot. Um, and that's what's made my life better. And I know I can change that, but I'll say like, typically when I'm in that space, I'm not clear headed and I'm definitely not in possibilities, uh, or solutions mode. Um, and, but the best thing I've ever done is to figure out how to just get through those moments. Um, the work of Kate Bornstein has been very, very, very influential in my life. Uh, she wrote gender outlaw. Um, she wrote my gender workbook. That's super good. If you're going through gender stuff, go right now, clicky clicky and get my gender workbook. It's so good. Um, I, I, her, her memoir is the book I would suggest the most, honestly. Um, it's, uh, it's a queer and pre pleasant danger, I think is what it's called. I'd have to look it up, but Kate Bornstein memoir, you can Google that. Um, it's really good. And she talks about herself, like going through suicidal thoughts and, and attempts at suicide and, um, and truly similar to her, like somewhere in me, I would find the will to live and keep moving forward. And a lot of her work has centered around sharing about her suicidal experiences so that she can help other people stay alive. Um, I remember this kind of goes along with like how law was sort of out of my alignment, right? I wasn't in alignment with that. Um, my, I remember my friend coming to visit after law school. He was like working at a big firm. Um, I was living in New York at the time. I was still a lawyer, but I was like doing it myself part-time, um, hanging my shingle, not making a ton of money, but able to spend a lot of time on my art and activism. 
Um, and I, he was talking about this, like his first five figure bonus check and how excited he was and how much money he was making and all of that kind of stuff. Um, and then like, I was just sharing about my life and I was like, yeah, like somebody like reached out to me like a couple days ago telling me that I helped them stay alive, blah, blah, blah. Or like not want to commit suicide. Um, and he, he responded, he's like, I've never gotten an email like that. Um, and I just really, it was stark to me in that moment. I'm like, oh, the path I'm walking is not a lawyer path. Like lawyer path is like money, bonus checks, uh, sacrificing your life basically kind of for a paycheck. Um, and quality of life, certainly because lawyers have four times the national rate of suicide. Um, cause honestly, like lawyers frequently are miserable, hurt bullies who like bully other people and create these like toxic environments that kind of like perpetuate harm. And um, also lawyers have a wildly high rate of alcoholism too. Um, anyway, so it just was like a stark contrast. I'm like, oh, I'm in this world to like kind of do this, like this work, this big work of like helping people figure out how to find the will to live in a world that is not hospitable to a lot of bodies and types of people. Um, it's just a heartbreaking world frequently. Um, and as like, as like, honestly, 2020 showed us and 2021 is already showing us, um, everyone who was like, Oh, I'm so glad 2020 is over, blah, blah, blah. I'm so happy for you that you thought that the turn of a calendar year was going to end this era of like growing pains that we're dealing with. <laughs> but, um, yeah, 2020 is just a container. What if 2020 is just the beginning, right? I think we're unfolding into something, um, beautiful. I believe that that's the hope I hold. Um, you can borrow my belief in that, uh, and my hope and my faith. Um, but it just, it was really interesting to me, uh, to just be present for being out of alignment when I was a lawyer and like realizing all these different times when I was the most suicidal was like these times when I was like profoundly out of alignment with what like spirit wanted me to be doing. And, uh, over the last few years, I've just kind of like gotten more and more in touch with how to access what I'm being guided to do, right? Um, and I had I got a really good compliment today, actually. I was catching up with one of my friends um, who's psychic, uh, and I actually interviewed her on the podcast back in April. Uh, uh, Jenny Lee, Jennifer Lee is what she is on, the, on that podcast. You can go back and find her. But she told me today, she's like, this is the first time I've ever connected with you where, like, your spirit really feels at ease. And your guides are saying you're the most in alignment you've ever been. And I like took that as a huge compliment because I've worked really hard to be kind of in alignment, right? And alignment is whatever it means to you, right? Like al alignment is different for every single person because I think every single human on this planet has a different soul purpose and different dreams and different things they're kind of bringing to fruition in this life. And, um, and I think some of us have a more... Um, defined purpose versus others. Um, I've heard that on an astrological chart, the closer your planets are together, like if you see all your stuff kind of clustered in one part of your chart, that means you're an old soul and you're here for very specific work. When your planets are kind of all over the place, that means there's like, you know, you're a newer soul. You have, you have different maybe things you can dabble into in this lifetime. Um, and, um, so it's, it was interesting. I was looking at my chart recently and I was remembering that and I was like, Oh, like, so if I'm out of alignment, I'm really out of alignment. And that kind of makes sense that like, um, spirit is trying to be so specific with me and like really wants my light on this planet for a reason, um, to do whatever it is I'm meant to be doing. 
Um, it's so interesting too because last um, last summer I keep saying it's last summer because like this 2020 feels like it's just this long stretch of time that has blended into everything else. But summer 2019, I was suffering so much and I was so out of alignment. And what's super interesting is like when I released my hold on LA and just moved up here and kind of released you know 85% of my stuff, went through all of that. Um, what became really clear on my heart and in in my heart and on my brain is that like I think the next step for me after this is having kids um and like and for me it like feels more like it's it's a thing that's coming through me it's not like I, it's not like I'm like hey I want to have kids I really I see my friends I know how tired they are they are all tired every friend I have who has kids right now like under the age of like 15 is exhausted is not getting enough sleep <laughs> like would I really like if I were thinking through this through logically I could be like yeah kids are kind of optional but like it just feels like it's life's longing for itself coming through me um and it's just like I, I don't know I just think I've been thinking about this a lot since Nairi um and really about like w how are our choices informing um what we're doing like what's the difference between choice and destiny and like how do we you know and how is the universe self-correcting right I'm just so curious about all this stuff and um, what something that Jenny like pointed out, she said there's been a lot of delays uh, through the COVID time. She's like, even though like things felt pretty clear, like for a while it was going to be this time when it's quote all over, then now it feels like it's more towards the end of the year. Um, she said end of 2021, in case you're curious at home. Um, and so anyway, I just thought it was interesting that like things can get reorganized and get delayed. And that even though things are destined, like maybe they're not going to happen exactly when they were originally destined and that's all okay. Um, but the thing that I did, some homework I had for myself, um, that I used to do when I was, I used to be really into journaling when I, I, I have journals still right now in storage from like when I first, like when I was a teenager, when I was first dating my first, um, at the time girlfriend, like I, I have so many good journals from those passionate, passionate days. And I, what I noticed, and like when I was really in my early spiritual work, um, I had a lot, I did a lot of journaling. And then I remember when I first moved to LA, I stopped journaling. I just like, I would pull out my journal to like go forward with my like morning pages practice and I couldn't do it. And I don't know, it was, it felt like a real block. And I think part of it was me like subconsciously slowing down my growth. Um, and, and I read a memoir recently where the person talked about how she was in this really toxic relationship that she just stopped journaling, even though she'd been, a, a, a also a furious journaler, um, she stopped because, and I think part of it is like not wanting to confront yourself with the truth of what's going on. Um, and I'll just say that from me, it was not wanting to confront the truth of what was going on. So in the recent past, I've really worked hard to get back into journaling. It's been a, a habit that I've struggled to adopt uh, once more, but now that I'm back into it, um, I want to keep it going. And something I forgot that I used to do is every time I opened a new journal, I would put a page in of things I can do to bring myself into alignment um, and or like raise my vibe or like however you want to state it. But I was thinking, oh, since I'm in a pretty good place right now, why don't I sit down and write this list? Um, so I wrote my list um, and I'm going to share it with you. I really, this is your homework, take it or leave it. But I want you to write your list too and put it someplace where it's it's a in a healing space where you can find it. My journal is a great spot for me, but maybe for you it's like taping it to a note um, inside your medicine chest or someplace where you'll find it when you need it. Um, and maybe not just find it, but like know where to look for it, right? 
Um, so these are the things I came up with, just things I can do to align myself. One, yoga. Uh, two, dancing for five minutes. Three, going for a walk. Four, journal questions. Um, that means like answering questions in my journal. Uh, five, free write. Uh, call a trusted friend, um, which doesn't always work for me in the moment if people aren't people who pick up right away, right? Like, because if I'm like in a little crisis, a mental crisis, like phoning a friend might help. Phoning a friend uh, might just make me feel ever so alone. Because when I'm so alone, right? When I'm in that state of mind, I'm not, I'm thinking I'm very isolated. I'm insignificant, and who I am doesn't matter. Um, and I believe those are lies. Uh, I believe any thought you have that tells you anything that's not loving or, um, or coming from a compassionate place is probably not, not a voice that you need to listen to, right? Um, setting up a phone date, asking the question, what would I do if I weren't afraid? That question will tell you a lot about what's going on for you. Um, I answered that question actually at the last full moon, I think, or new moon. And it was, the answer was rest. I would just rest. And that's kind of the guidance I keep getting from my Oracle cards lately. It's been a really interesting time full of rest. Um, but isn't that funny that what would I do if I weren't afraid is just rest. <laughs> um, let's see, I can write an it's possible list with 10 possible things. So being in, sorry about that. Uh, that's my cat trying to be on the podcast. Um, in, uh, <laughs> so worrying is basically using your imagination to think up bad case scenarios. Um, thinking up things that are possible is just the opposite of worrying. It's literally just using your imagination to think of what else is possible, things that are good that are possible, right? Um, it's totally possible that everyone listening to this will totally write a list of things that will help them raise their vibe or align themselves and can be there in case of emergency break glass list, right? That's a possibility. Uh, so just thinking in those possibilities, it's so potent. Um, number 10, listen to Esther Hicks. Uh, I had someone, uh, Emmy plus size supermodel Emmy told me this in September of 20. 19 when I felt like my whole life was falling apart. Emmy was like, do you listen to Esther Hicks? And I was like, yes. And she said, listen to her every single day. Listen to like a 15 minute talk every day. And she's right. I would still listen to him every day. Um, it's been really, really helpful. And the way Esther Hicks thinks and is in alignment with spirit, that's how I want to be. Uh, that's the thought I want to have. That's the belief I want to have that everything is working out for me. Um, and that the universe is, is aligning and it's all happening. Right. Um, I think a lot of times we get really caught up in the way other people tell us things have to be uh, while forgetting that each one of us is a unique human expression and we all have our own unique ways of being human. Um, and even, I'll say this, I just recently binge watched Bridgerton, uh, which is on Netflix. It's very good. But 80% of the conflict on that show is all around what other people think and shame. And it's just, it's so amazing how little conflict you end up in your life when you're willing and able to release the judgment of other people. Um, so just, you know, that's a little food for thought. Okay, number 11, stargazing. Stargazing, I find to be one of the most uh, fruitful habits in my life. Um, it really reminds me that I am a celestial being. I am stardust reflecting the stars themselves. Um, also, it's just so soothing and beautiful. Um, last night, yesterday was, 
today is January 7th. So if you remember January 6th, 2021, that was a day where a bunch of white terrorists stormed the Capitol building in the United States. It was a wild and difficult day to be a person. And I turned off the internet and I just cried a lot. I cried and I listened to Taylor Swift and I stargazed and I journaled and I healed and I just had to turn off because it was just so violent and terrible, all of the things on the news and on the internet. Um, stargazing is the opposite of the news and on the internet. Because, you know, stars are like forever, right? And the news is just this like fleeting moment. Okay. Uh, number 12. This is a big one. Help someone else. Whenever I'm volunteering, I'm getting out of my own brain and I'm focusing on someone else. So helping someone else like uh, helps you get better, I feel. Um, number 13. Bake for someone. I love to bake. Baking to me is kind of a prayer and getting to bake for other people is something they enjoy. Um, and doing that is a great way to focus your energy elsewhere. Um, watch It's a Wonderful Life. I have a low-key deal with um, one of my ancestors, which is my stepmother, who passed when I was 19 years old. Um, she was pretty much my only experience of unconditional love as a child. Um, she loved me before we even met. She was like, I always wanted a daughter. She embraced me as a daughter. I was a teenager when we met. Uh, I was totally incapable of receiving that love, but she loved me anyway. And um, I have just... Her very favorite Christmas movie was It's a Wonderful Life. Um, I watch it every year in her honor, and I made a deal with her that I would, and this was like a posthumous deal. This was not a deal we made in, in Lifetime, but I made a deal with her that I would watch that movie um, anytime I was thinking of making that big decision to end my life, um, because it is a very good reminder that our lives are all interconnected and we have a way bigger impact on other people than we realize. So that's part of my, uh, in case of emergency break glass list. Um, number 15 for me, this is listen to Joel Osteen. I know not everybody loves a very positive Christian preacher, but I love his messages. I think he speaks, um, positivity and a connection to a loving God that I believe in. Um, obviously we have different gender expressions and experiences with God, but, um, honestly, like in that summer of 2019, when I was really struggling and my thoughts were a toxic place to be and everywhere you go, there you are, you can't escape your thoughts. Right. But I meditated a lot and I would listen to Joel Osteen. I'd listen to like eight hours of his podcast in a row, like just in one little earbud in my ear while I was driving Lyft, um, just to keep a different level of positivity in my brain. Cause I was having such a hard time accessing positive thoughts. So figure out who that is for you, whatever podcast that is for you to stay in that, that hopeful vibration or figure out how to get into that space. Um, maybe it's, I know I have a friend who listens to the Harry Potter books like that, right? So like just figuring out like what that is for you and having that on your list so you can remember to do it. Um, I similarly, uh, 16 is dive into Shaman Durek teachings, which is the same. Shaman Durek is an amazing teacher. I love so much who very much talks about like breaking out of the matrix and, being yourself and trusting, uh, spirit moving through you. Um, and, and Shaman Durek is obviously, I think maybe the actual opposite of Joel Osteen <laughs> in many, many ways, but like he really acknowledges the dark stuff. Joel doesn't, Joel is like light, bright, all positivity. Right. Um, and Shaman Durek is like address the darkness, um, you know, but don't surrender to it. You're more powerful than it. 
Um, the book, read Tears to Triumph. So Tears to Triumph I have on audiobook. Um, it's by Marianne Williamson, and it is so good. And it talks about this, like, dark night of the soul stuff, like the deep darkness, the hardest parts of living. It talks about how to recognize the spiritual solution in them. Um, I read, I remember when I was going through all this, uh, I was reading the book Life Visioning by Michael Bernard Beckwith uh, from Agape, and he uh, teaches in that book about the dark night of the soul, and so to, and Tears to Triumph talks about that too, and I really was like, okay, this is like a time when I'm like breaking away from who I thought I was, and that can feel like a form of death. It's like death to the old story of me, of who I used to be, right? Like that I somehow... You know, at the time, I remember really struggling. Like, I, I surely I didn't end up in L.A. just to to leave, right? Like, I was like, how is this happening like this, right? But it was happening all for a reason. And now I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be during this global pandemic and getting to walk every day in a beautiful old growth forest. What, what a tremendous life I have now. I had no idea that that free fall would end up in me being um, so supported and having such a great place to heal. Um, screaming and howling, number 18. <laughs> it, it, it is literally just physiology that when you your voice is used to externalize, it's how you get to your joy, but frequently you have to release from your voice. That's why you scream when you're in pain. That's why um, little kids cry. It's just part of release. So you can invoke that. You don't have to stay quiet for other people's comfort. Go out and holler at the moon. Go to your backyard. Um, <laughs> Angie Pontani shared that she does this. She howls outside of her window. Um, and she would do it like when she was frustrated when her daughter was very like a toddler. Um, and she's like, our neighbors think we're weird, but it really helps me stay, stay light. Um, and so I, I agree. Number 19, cry it out. Um, I don't really ever have a problem crying, but like sometimes I need to curate a little space for me to cry and to have my feelings. So number 20 is listen to a feelings playlist while moving my body because that also helps your your emotions move is, is moving your body. Um, 21, find an animal to be with, um, especially a new animal. Like I feel like I love my cat Biscuit Reynolds, but sometimes like getting, uh, in, oh, he's real mad that I'm talking about this. Um, sometimes finding another animal, borrowing another animal helps you remember about life. Um, and, and all of the creatures that we're supposed to be with and how uncomplicated it can be. Um, number 22, be in nature, um, and lie down and release and just be there. Um, number 23, earthing. Um, this is a nice cleansing technique where you connect your body to the earth in some way. Frequently it's just barefoot on the grass or whatever kind of thing you need to do. Um, but it is a great way to just cleanse and release and shift your experience and your mood. Um, number 24, spiritual cleansing. I put sage, shower, and salt because I wanted to give myself very clear, actionable things on this list so that I didn't have to think too hard. Um, cause when frequently when I'm in my lowest state, I'm not in my right mind. So it's a lot harder to access all these things that I feel like I'm, I should know, right? Like off the top of my head, I, this is why I have to write these things down because I'm not always in this place. Uh, number 25, sing loud. Again, that's release. Number 26, meditate for an hour or more. Um, that was the first year, actually. I had never meditated for, for an hour or more, um, until I was that suicidal. And then I was like, I, I need more clarity and on what my next steps are. And I need more silence in this brain that can only come up with these toxic thoughts. And so I just worked on it. 
Um, but this is like, I'll say this, like we're, uh, I have another year of meditating every day under my belt and it gets easier and easier to separate myself from my circumstances and to separate myself from my thoughts so I can recognize which are the thoughts that are truly of my spirit and which are the thoughts that are of lowered thought forms that are just kind of floating around. Um, and then number 27, take a bath, water cleansing, something like that, right? Um, so those are, that's my list, things I can do to align myself. I really want you to think about your list. I really want you to stay alive. I want you to hear that you are necessary. You are all, you're part of a divine plan. You're alive during 2021 for a reason. You are here to bring your unique vision to the world. And a vision is different than a dream because a dream is just an idea, but a vision is something that you have conviction that is coming to pass. Um, I believe we're all given visions and dreams that are unique to us that we're meant to bring. Um, the phrase, don't yuck someone's yum, is the same for your dreams. Like, right? Someone, my dream for my life is, does not need to be the same dream as for your life. You get a unique dream, a unique body, a unique you, a unique life that's all for you, right? So we're all here on purpose. You're here on purpose. You are worthy of love exactly as you are. There's nothing you need to change in order to be worthy of love. And I hope you know that you're worthy of staying alive. I hope you know that you're worthy of help and healing. And I hope that you make the choice to continue to align your thoughts to however you need to be in order to feel like life is worth living one more day. I love you so much. Thanks for tuning in. Oh, and P.S. I never explained why I titled this um, episode, You Must Believe in Spring. It's a it's an album by Bill Evans, who's a piano player, and that's a piano has been so good for my brain. Um, it's really helpful for me when I want to putter around and not think too much and just be really low sensory. And you must believe in spring. Every time I think of that phrase, especially now that we're in the deepest, darkest part of winter, um, I'm like, that's exactly it. That's what I need when I'm at this dark, dark place. Is I must believe in spring. I must believe that the winter will unfold to spring. And so that's why I called it this. Um, I actually, I have it in my dream book. I have a, a visualization book of things I want to actualize. And I want to just get a big wooden sign for my house, like to just hang in the kitchen or someplace in the hearth of the home that just reminds us you must believe in spring. Okay, that's it. Love you.